0: All right, we are live now with uh, End Times for Gummies, and I think this is uh, lesson five? Four. Four? Five. five? Five. Five. Lesson five. And fortunately, the man who doesn't know what lesson we're on is actually leading our discussion.
1: Right, so we're actually doing four.
0: Yeah, there it is. <laughs> okay, so back last week.
2: Oh, that's great. Oh. All
1: right, so we are in uh, uh, starting in uh first Thessalonians tonight. Uh,
0: let's see. Four. This is one of my favorite chapters.
1: So we're uh, uh, we're looking at first Thessalonians chapter four. Uh, we started off in uh, in verses 13 through 18 but before we get there um, somebody give a just kind of a quick recap what is what does Paul appear to be concerned about in this section as he's writing to the, the church there at Thessalonica Well, I mean he's,
3: he's concerned that they've been can't hear you what that's the first time I think I've heard that. He's concerned that they have uh, been misled about the coming of Messiah, or or uninformed.
0: They they may not have even been told, um, which belies his next chapter. But you know, he or or even or later verses. verses, right? Right. He he's you know he's trying to wake them up to recall what I think he's taught them. But you know, I don't want you to be uninformed or misled by by other folks. Sure.
1: Good. So, um, in uh, in thirteen through eighteen, um, we had our our first section where Paul is uh, at a minimum giving a reminder, or at at uh, at best uh, providing some foundational teaching um, about what happens after we. Uh, uh, after we die, and before Messiah returns, and then when Messiah returns, so who who's going to give me a, who can give a recap of what Paul was teaching in thirteen through eighteen? Just just take us bullet point verse by verse in uh, in what Paul was teaching here. I'll start. Nobody wants <laughs> to talk. That's amazing. In uh, in, in thirteen, uh, my kind of bullet point comment here was that you don't you don't need to be concerned, you don't need to be um, fearful or despondent about what happens after we die. So, the,
0: if I could jump in, Koimao is the Greek there. And it, it really actually literally means to sleep. And Paul's actually introduced this in this very verse and changed that word forever to potentially mean to sleep in death. And, and to equate death and sleep makes absolutely no sense. except Unless
1: there's a resurrection. Right there's something that happens. I mean, exactly. Is, is, yeah, do you think Paul was using sleep as a metaphor for death? Because when you go to sleep, you expect to wake up, wake up right? <laughs> right. I think, that, I think that's uh, exactly what he was doing here, was introducing this as a metaphor in order to drive home that point that death isn't a final thing that we can expect. Um and to, in, uh, we can expect to wake up. We can expect to be resurrected.
3: And and the, and that point, it's actually even in in Jewish thinking, sleep is a foretaste of death. Exactly. That's one sixty fourth of death. Right. And the Modeani is
0: is 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 a, a point to that. In that, you return to my soul. Right. Otherwise, when you wake up in the morning, you thank God for having woken you up, resurrected mm-hmm. you. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Well, I can I can do your next verse. Um, he uses the Master as an example that he died, he was re- resurrected, and God will bring those that have died with the Master. That that believers who die in Messiah will return with him. So why why would you be troubled about them?
1: Right, that points back to the, the tail end of verse thirteen. Don't grieve as the rest who have no hope. We have a hope, and here's what it is. Right? All right. how about fifteen?
4: Well, I wrote down that can you. actually I cannot read my writing, but fifteen I think is that it says, Who are who are left until the coming of the Lord will not receive those who have fallen asleep, meaning that those who have passed away, or gone to sleep, in a sense, will rise up with Messiah before us. And then we will proceed.
1: So, two groups, those who believe in Messiah who are dead, Dead and and those who believe in Messiah who are still living at the time that Messiah returns. Yes. And and Sheol was teaching here that there's a, a sequence, right? Yes. And so who goes
4: first? Those who have fallen asleep.
1: Exactly. They'll be resurrected to meet Yeshua, and then.
4: We will be caught up.
1: We, uh, well, we'll, well, we'll not proceed. Yes. Those who've fallen asleep, right? We'll, we're getting to that point that you're making in just a moment. And, <clears throat> and then in 16, we start to get a little bit of sequencing coming in, or, or continuing some sequencing. So, what's 16 telling us?
4: For Adonai himself will descend from heaven with a cry of command, with the voice of an archangel, and with the sound of the trumpet of God. Well, it seems to me like a declaration of Adonai coming down from heaven, kind of like
2: an announcement to everyone. That's good. Mm-hmm. So it's basically the process in which it will occur. Right, and mm-hmm. the dead in Christ will rise. That was the beginning of it. Mm-hmm. Right, saying how will be implemented. Or right, uh huh. But I, I think it's important to recognize
0: the three things that happened before the resurrection. The dead in Christ will rise is a euphemism for or description of the resurrection. Yes. Um, so we get the. the cry of command if you will the voice of an archangel and the sound of the trumpet of God um, many have equated this with the last trump I don't know if that's true um, from an eschatological perspective you might think of this as the first trump uh, especially when we, we get into Revelation and read that there are seven more trumpets um, but either way there is a sequence and there is I think, as as Alex put it, uh, more of a declaration that uh, we've got to this point, which, if you think about it, has been almost 6,000 years coming to fruition. Mm
3: -hmm. Mm
2: -hmm.
0: Which could, from the time of Abraham and possibly earlier, mean a whole lot of people.
1: Right. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I,
0: I think it would be a mistake. If if the gospel was preached to Abraham and he believed and that was what caused him to be credited with righteousness, then you know you're talking two thousand years more people than just the people who met the master on the planet. Right. So He's that's cool. at that time twice as many people mm-hmm. as we book now. Hebrews starts in Hebrews chapter eleven starts with Abel. Right. you go all the way back. That's four
1: oh, yeah, thousand right. years, right? Okay. Yeah. Exactly. Good point. hmm Okay, seventeen gives us more of the sequence. What happens in what uh, what does show describe in seventeen?
0: It's probably the only time when you'd want to be second place. Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> right. <laughs> 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 Although um it's interesting. I didn't I did take a, an opportunity to, to look this up. Maybe, maybe Joe, you've got uh, some Greek that you can give us there. On. For um, then we who are alive and remain. And the word remain.
0: Perilepto. To leave remaining... To remain or to survive.
1: Yes, that's what I was looking for. The An, an alternate uh, wording there, and it, it may not make as much sense now, but as we go continue through the study, maybe this alternate wording will make a little bit more sense. If it said there, we who are alive and survive will be caught up together with them in the clouds. I like that. Because um, a, as we continue to fill in Events and happenings on the timeline um, that, uh, that's, that slightly different uh, alternative wording those who are alive we who are alive and survive um, might, uh, might make a little bit more sense yeah
4: Josiah isn't this uh, the coming of Messiah and the dead being resurrected and those who survive being gathered up with God isn't that after Hussaton, and after everything gets a lot worse, which could make sense as those who have survived, which means those, all us being persecuted, who have been, who have survived this, all this terrible
0: I don't, I don't think we have, things so far in our, in our study, a whole lot of description of stuff that was really bad that you would want to survive through which you would want to survive sorry right right so I think that's where your dad is coming from is that in the next several lessons in the apostolic scriptures we get more more detail that would say hey hear what we read in Daniel Uh, it turns out that there's a lot of happenings going on there Um, probably I don't know if it might be the next next lesson is Matthew or no Peter yeah so it's Peter then you've got another couple of couple of lessons before we start to get the details of what you're talking about oh, okay. I think
2: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: Um,
2: so go ahead Alex well just a question um, caught up in Greek is that the harpazo yeah. Yeah, that mean. would be
0: rapturo
2: in the Latin which mm-hmm. is where the church gets the word rapture mm-hmm. the rapture there it is so where do we get this notion that it's an uh, instantaneous, like, you disappear versus you rise up? I mean, does that kind of give any reference to what that process entails? I think it depends on what deli you go to okay. and who washes your <laughs> car. Um, but
0: to be snatched up, I think, is a better way of putting rapturo or japanzo. Um uh, I'm I'm reminded of uh, you know the Spider-Man and Batman and Superman movies uh, where you see the superhero grabbing some damsel in distress around the waist and you can pulling her out from in front of the speeding train or the oncoming despot to whatever it might be uh, that caught up is is the the way that we translated that um, disappearing. Um, I, I think is a fanciful uh, look at it, but being snatched away, I, I think is the best way that I would put that word. Even looking at uh, extra-biblical texts, snatched away, and and that I think fits with the the comic book superhero kind of thing, and I, and I think that fits the
2: best. Does that help? Yeah, sure. Because uh, again, is this is this a um not metaphysical but uh, um, a miraculous event or is it a physical thing where we're walking to them or somehow going from A to B in a I, more physical I I think Hanzo demands
0: that there's an external force Excellent. that is snatching you away okay. right you're not snatching yourself away right. Mm-hmm. right so you know if I come and grab you around the waist and, and just toss you around the room a little bit th- that's what we're looking at not not you looking at me and flinging yourself towards me that, that's that's not the case okay. Yeah. Okay, uh, um, what's what's the the verb tense passive or something like you know the object and the subject and all of oh, that. oh right right yeah. uh-huh. you're being snatched away by something else that's doing the snatching if, if that
5: helps Can i put it just wanted to set a basis for what? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah it's like you're being risen by the thing that's descending there's an interesting image there. Almost a magnetic the Lord is descending attraction. Between, yeah, you're, yeah. You're, then they are rising.
0: Yeah, that's good because if you were to bring a magnet close to iron filings, you wouldn't get anywhere near the iron filings before the iron filings are all over the, the magnet. Um, that that certainly is. I think where Alex is going. Yeah. You know, right, mm-hmm. you know. And
2: I mean, I don't want to get too far ahead of ourselves, but I don't want this body to be snatched up. I mean, I, I would prefer leaving this body behind to have a better body. So what is the purpose of me rising up in a physical form? Hmm. I really don't want to live the rest of my life like this. Let's just put it that way. So. Anybody else who said that wouldn't
0: get as much respect to the question as you <laughs> So. I bet you got a good
1: answer there. Well, the good answer is that we're not quite there yet. <laughs> <laughs> I think there is an answer to that, but I think we're, I think we're not is quite a good there answer. yet. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: I think. Do are we doing First Corinthians? Is that is that pop in, or do we need to jump in there in uh, in another lesson? Have
1: not looked far enough ahead in the yeah, lessons? Yeah, I me mean,
0: neither.
5: But we'll have to check that. I don't know if we put this together. <laughs> It may be too distracting, but this is the first. I feel like I've read this passage a lot, and this is the first time that I kind of could see the interpretation about sort of residing with the Lord in the air. I that that was very interesting. This uh, particular in seventeen there. Yeah. Um, well, it says we we meet the Lord in the but, air, And then right? it says. And then it we shall always be with the Lord.
1: Right. Now, it doesn't say that the Lord's always going to be in the air. In the air. Right. That's that's true. It's uh-huh. just,
5: it, that is very interesting wording. Uh-huh. I hadn't really noticed until this year, like, I just, in reading it, it was just like, oh, oh, that is kind of interesting. Because you, you could read that, like, oh, yeah, you just stay, stay with the Lord in the air, you know? That's, but
2: our hearts and flying around that's why <laughs> obviously you need to take into account
5: the full full breadth of scripture right. to uh, continue oh, right. to inform yep. but still it's just it's an interesting passage sure but I
0: think you you already have brought clarity, right because you mentioned I know that guy because you mentioned that it it's a it's a coming of the Lord and a raising of the of us dead or alive right so he's not coming to the air he's coming to the earth so you've you've almost got a a still shot of a moving object right so um i would like you to reread 17. i I beg your pardon if i'm overstepping here no no go ahead um You, you wrote uh, about the meeting. You mentioned the meeting. Um, reread that out loud, if you would, and change meet to
5: encounter, which is really what the Greek is. Then we who are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to encounter the Lord in the air, and thus we shall always be with the Lord. So So
0: does that kind of, Help with the continued movement of the Lord it's it's um, it's almost like uh, you know I was airborne you know we're 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 flying in a a C-130 and we jump out of the plane but we all meet up we encounter each other in the air but we don't stay in the air right right. we end up on the ground together and and I, I think, in a, in a weird kind of way, that, that's 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 how we should we should view this a rendezvous? a rendezvous. A rendezvous, yeah. Mm. Um, almost like you've been drawn up there so that you can continue the descent in a in the direction in which he was headed, mm. right? Um, and I think this is going to help us understand the the gathering of of the people of God, right? Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. If, if we've all been, whether dead or alive, and he's still on the move, we'll always be with him. But he, he was here a second ago, and now he's here, and now he, and,
1: and there you go. And notice, too, that uh, where the so we're second, right? As Joe mentioned a minute ago, this is kind of one of the good times, it's, it's cool to be second. The first people, again, are the
4: resurrected.
1: The resurrected, the dead, where are they coming from? What direction are they going? Up. Up. That's right. They're not coming down with, right?
0: That's a great point.
1: They're coming up too, which kind of, I think, is going to get to Alex's observation at some point. So, those are the dead who are being resurrected, and they're coming up, meeting. Yeshua, and then we're connecting with them, we're encountering them, we're rendezvousing with them um, as uh, as Yeshua is making His way. And then we get to 18. What's 18 tell us?
4: Therefore, encourage one another with these words. What's
1: that point back to?
4: What are these words? But we do not but we do not want you to be uninformed. So that you will not? Grieve.
1: So he's bookended that? I don't want you to grieve. Then he gives the teaching why you shouldn't grieve. And then at the end, comfort each other with these words. You should be encouraged by what you've just read. By what I've just reminded you of, hopefully. Or in some cases, maybe taught. So... This is, this is Paul starting off with, I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna to remind you of something here, and I don't want you to grieve. And then he provides the teaching, and at the end he wraps it up, comfort one another with these words.
0: That's cool. Um, most, uh, I'm sorry.
2: Well, you can, oh, please. okay, um, I was going to say, you know, say as a devout Jew, would this be a new revelation or a revelation already... Um, stated in the Torah, or Haftor somewhere, and that he is just capitalizing on, or rehashing. So is this a new a new doctrine that's being taught? Was week. he here last week? I was not. Duh! Did you listen to it? I did not. So maybe you guys answered this, so quickly.
1: Who was maybe. here last week? I wasn't either. Yeah. Uh, I well,
2: the,
0: the players were. Yeah. So, I mean I think the bottom line is that the resurrection is is without and the coming of Messiah are two events that Orthodox Jews long for and look forward to and and I would I would go so far as to say look forward to maybe more than most believers that I bump into you've got to have a strong evangelical believer who is looking forward to the coming of Messiah and talks about it and 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 thinks about it as much as the Orthodox that's rare to find because that's not our focus the focus of the Jew is I'm in exile and I, I want the Messiah to come and make everything right the focus of the Gentile is I've been saved by grace hallelujah and when the Lord comes back it gets even better but it's pretty cool for us Gentiles right now. So there's no question; those two events they're they're looking forward to, and in most cases, the the the, the dead are resurrected when Messiah comes.
3: look at Yeshua's reference to resurrection, and you the Sadducees challenge him on the point of resurrection, and he goes all the way back to Genesis. Right. God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, it's not the God of the dead or the living. So, um, it, yeah, you know, it's definitely a biblical concept throughout the Tanakh, throughout the, the uh, Hebrew scriptures, um, in different places. And we saw just in recently the chapter in Ezekiel right. talking about the resurrection. Um, the it's mechanism, the, the mechanism here, may be a little bit, a little bit different. More defined. More defined, and not, di- not different. More defined. But it fits as we're going to read later, and I will not jump ahead um, with what Yeshua he describes. describe. says that when I'm teaching. Too... <laughs> Yeshua it describes, it, it describes it it. In, in the Gospels. <laughs> there's a, there's a similarity there too, so it, it definitely seems like Paul is he's expanding a bit or clarifying, but yep. he's playing within the bounds of what's already been established. Amen. Okay.
1: And and maybe that it's because he's speaking to a non-Jewish audience. Mm who's not as familiar with the concepts that the Jews long for and look forward to for so long to help drive those points home.
0: Um, Just a real quick, for for those of us who are familiar with the, uh, the Greek description of the Holy Spirit, he's the comforter, right? He is the parakaleo, the one who comes alongside and encourages. That's the word, encourage one another act like the Holy Spirit come alongside and encourage one another with these words that's what this Greek is I I just find that extraordinary that a master was going to pay for my sin He, he may not have had to pay for your sin or your sin but he was paying for my sin for sure as he was going off there he's talking about sending this one who would bring that type of Comfort. And here's Paul saying, with this knowledge, you can do the same thing. You can comfort those who who think there's
3: their their loved ones have lost out. Mm-hmm. So that's good. Which actually ties in with this week's parsha um, reading in the in the Torah, uh, in the Book of Genesis, where um, Jacob mourns, yeah. Because and he won't be comforted. and he won't be comforted. Right. And Rashi says this is evidence that Jacob doesn't really believe he's dead because it's understood that you're supposed to stop mourning if someone dies. You only mourn unendingly un- for someone that you're not sure is dead because you only mourn for the living. That's great. Mm-hmm. Interesting That's thought. What a great perspective. And it's and a tradition that you, um, that I think it's, you, you sit Shiva for a week yeah. and then I believe you're in a state of mourning for a month kind of heavy mourning and then the, yeah. the end of a year is kind of like that, that mark point and then you remember the dead every year on their death date right. but that's the only mourning that you're really allowed to do right. so to speak right. Good point.
1: okay so then we moved into, uh, uh, into the next chapter 1 Thessalonians 5 1-11 I'd like uh, for somebody to take an opportunity to, to read that um, read that through for us please
4: did you say one through twelve? One through eleven. Or one through eleven. Mm-hmm. Now concerning the times and seasons, brothers, you have no need to have anything written to you, for you yourselves are fully aware that the day of Adonai will come like a thief in the night. While people are saying this is peace and security, then sudden destruction will come upon them as there pains upon a pregnant woman, and they will not escape. But you are not in darkness, brothers. and for a helmet of the hope of salvation. For God has not destined us for wrath, but to obtain salvation through our Lord Yeshua Michel, who died for us, so that whether we are awake or asleep, we might live with Him. Therefore, encourage one another and build up one another, just as you are doing.
1: So, what's, again, what, what's Paul trying to get across here? Is this just more of the same? Is this? Is he taking it to another level? What, what's Paul doing in these eleven verses as he follows what we just read through?
0: Right. No surprises. If, if you're in, if if you've been listening to Paul, this won't come as a surprise. There's there's, um, is, is a person that cannot help but steal it comes from this word, he will come as a thief in the night, kleptos it's the same word, this is where we get kleptomaniac right? um, the day of the Lord will come like someone who steals in the night and he's, he's evidently made it clear to them that this is the case. And you shouldn't be surprised at that. But we're not people of the night. We're, we're people of the day. So there's there's a contrast that's being given as well.
1: Good. So we've we had a new, uh, not a new, but we've had a phrase that's introduced to, to us here or, or brought back to us here, Day of the Lord. Where have we, where have we seen or heard that before?
4: Daniel? Daniel, Joel,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. We picked that up in uh, in Joel, yes. um, and it's the the same uh, uh, that uh, was referenced by Kifa in uh, Acts. Great, right? At, uh,
3: exactly. right? Uh-huh. Exactly. And great and awesome, day. great and awesome, Daniel yeah it's interesting that the contract that you mentioned the day of the Lord comes there as a thief in the night um, and then verse 3 kind of clarifies what this means for those people it says when they say peace and safety then sudden destruction comes upon them because the day of the Lord is not described I mean we, we were talking just now about you know, resurrection and eating Messiah in the air and this happiness day of the Lord is is uh, is described as an event of, of great turmoil for the wicked it's mm-hmm. a time that's it's, it's not described as a, as a fun time or exciting time. It's in the context of judgment, really. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's quite serious. I thought it was interesting. This passage, to me, kind of covers both those topics, both the thief and the night component. But then on the other side, immediately also follows up by saying that it will not be like that for you. Right. And I have to say that I have kind of struggled at times with that whole thief and the night concept, because it feels like, well it can't be a thief in the night i mean we know a b and c and we got our timeline we got all these things have to happen first so i mean i have to be really dense or actually in a coma to miss all of these events but i I thought more about it this week and i I think that the key to me that i had not considered before is um as we read as we'll read later in in Thessalonians it talks about delusion I, i think that god gives eyes to see for those who want to see and it's not just people who, I don't know if it's just limited to those who have believed in Messiah, but maybe those who are living for Him as well. Like, you know, if you if you're walking in sin, um, you are still dependent on God to let you recognize what's happening. Mm-hmm. Um, otherwise, you're deluded. Otherwise, mm-hmm. you're deluded. So, and I think that. If God were to blind you from seeing the activities ha- taking place, even if you knew them in advance, had read and studied the end times and knew what's going to happen, you could still miss it. And I hadn't really thought of it that way. Um, there's a there's a Jewish teaching that when you're sinning, you it's like you've actually gone insane, you've lost your mind. And I've heard some say that um, one sign of insanity is not knowing uh, how much time has passed. But the point being that like you can, I think there's this idea that if, for those who are not walking with God even if they have the head knowledge oh A, B, C, and D happen they won't recognize it when it's happening even because they don't they want it to happen
0: not unlike like liberals with regard to the uh, desperate uh, nature of our country right now that's
1: a good point, mm-hmm. point. Mm-hmm. alright so somebody connect back oh I'm sorry Josiah just just a,
4: um, just a another touch up on the thief in the night for people who do not know or don't believe or just aren't willing to accept or want to see that Yeshua is coming. Like in night you cannot see very well and to that Yeshua will not be known by those people just as in the night you cannot see who the thief is. And also, to Mr. Spark's point, that Yeshua, that some people can be blinded to the fact that Yeshua is coming. And just like Mm -hmm. a thief in the night, you cannot see Mm -hmm. who it is. Not unlike the way the Jews have been blinded
0: to the fact that Yeshua is the Messiah. Mm -hmm. That's That's good. Mm -hmm. That's
4: good. Would you say it's blinded or led astray into believing otherwise? Is there a difference?
3: seems to me that in the scriptures we get this constant idea that God lets you lead yourself astray he's, 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 he has this um, blinded sometimes in other words who's, who's doing what act it's kind of almost irrelevant because in the end it's the same result you want to be uh, running counter to God that could be the flesh right? and God's response is fine go ahead
0: could be some external force like the devil blinding you, All right. or it could be the world itself and being caught up in the heyday of what's happening.
3: So, because I mean, think, think like um, you know, uh, anytime you know something is wrong and you choose to do it anyway, mm. there is that it's it, it, it. There is like that weird blindness, you know. I don't know how to describe it? It's like it's a you callous in your yeah. It's a callousness, but it's intentional. Mm. But in a weird way, it doesn't feel intentional because you kind of block it out of your head. Then afterwards, you look back on what you did and you really regret it. And you it think, "So how could I be so stupid?" <laughs> you know. So it's like that that same idea. And I think that's that. And that's a taste from those who you know who, who believe in Messiah, have the Holy Spirit. I think that for those who don't, I think it's it's even more profound that that blindness. And then, like I said, whether it's self-induced or whether it's simply. or or God put on I think in the end it's kind of the same thing and so I think in this case with these people with everyone at the end it's going to be well I I mean there can't be right because if there's a God then oh my goodness all the things I've done is so bad and so all this stuff has to be explained as you know global warming or aliens or something it can't possibly be what it says here
0: I would argue that scripture speaks of the Jews being blinded partially by God but not Gentiles Gentiles are pretty much without excuse. Jews are without excuse too, but Gentiles have been given general revelation and so on. Um, but there doesn't appear to be a, a divine blinding. The divine blinding is is for Jews in order that the Gentiles may have an opportunity to be saved. So, if you're a Gentile, I think you're without excuse. I mean, you're just completely hose because it's your fault. You've chosen to follow sin and. Yourself or follow the world's stuff, but either way,
2: I, I think both are, are, are blindness. Yeah, I might have to disagree with you. Mm-hmm. Uh, aspect, um, one, you see God hardening the heart, it's not used blind, but it's called hardening the heart True. of a Gentile king, Pharaoh. And you also see the use of On I will be as of a... his
0: Jewish people so we can bring them out. You, a special case, but a guy. You
2: also see the enemies of Israel will be as a hook in their mouth and drawn. Sure. But Is not that not blind, a form? They're blinded. They're directed, but not blinded.
3: But I think to, to, to his point, I like Pharaoh because Pharaoh starts by blinding by hardening his own heart. And at the end of the story, he says that God He's hardened his heart. Yeah. And you think you get the exact same... Th- concept in romans chapter one um where it goes through all of these different things and it says that they did not they were not thankful they did not recognize god and so forth verse 24 it says therefore god also gave them up so it's this idea that like they chose it they got themselves on the path and then god essentially kind of finished for them like fine you want to be that way you can be that way and he it's almost like he withdraws whatever that that special, special unction. yeah, a little bit of whatever it is that holds them at, at bay and says, Okay, fine, you're on your own now. And now, mm-hmm. but whereas with, in your case, I think the difference, the one difference seems to be that with the, the people, the Jewish people, it seems almost more like it's a it's a an upfront intentional blindness, yeah. by God. That's not necessarily, um, it's not as clear, cleanly earned, so to speak, by the Jewish people, but rather part of a big
2: picture yeah, plan. I and that's not a new concept in the New Testament the withdrawal of God's spirit or presence True. in Saul resulted in an evil spirit came upon Saul right so I mean but he's see but I like the Pharaoh <laughs> example that's a really good one
3: Pharaoh was good I
0: think a special case. Right, so I wanted to bring up uh, just real quick um, for that day to surprise you like a thief surprise is Catalambano which is to seize it's not a surprise, it's disease. So you know I grab his arm and start yanking on him and I'm, I'm grabbing his book and I'm grabbing his phone. that's, that's what this is. Mm-hmm. this this concept should not grab on and start pulling you. That's not what should happen to you because you're different. Those guys out there outside these walls have no idea what's going on, but you, You've been under my teaching. You've been taught. You know the scriptures, and therefore, this snatching, seizing thing shouldn't happen to you. And I, I think he's taking a little pride here, and and, hmm. and and saying, "Hey, you know, we've sat down together. We've 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 had classes. This, this, you sh, you shouldn't be grabbed by this.
1: You know what I mean? Right, right."
4: Mrs. Sir. when you say surprise as in being snatched up or grabbed, we will be grabbed up, won't we?
0: That's physically, that's before this. Um, This is is here where he's saying that uh, that day should not surprise you. When you are physically caught up or snatched away, it shouldn't be a surprise like somebody seizing you out of your normal comfort zone. Oh. you should be not only looking forward to it but waiting for it you know oh, Gravity, I see. you know I see. I'm thinking of that guy in Star Trek who was waiting for that ribbon thing to come across yeah anyway. <laughs> uh, I see
4: it. Go. Thank
0: you. Yes, sir.
1: All right. so somebody connect what we what we read in um, uh, chapter 4 13 through 18 with what we read in 5 1 through 11. Specifically around the Day of the Lord
2: concept. At the point of comforting again. I go beyond that.
0: I hit on verse nine. I think Alex's right, but I think it goes beyond what he said. I think God, this is the this is the key. This is the, the connection to the next couple of lessons, right? Um, the, the, the dirty secret that we don't want to talk about because we read the end of the book and we know what it says God has not destined us for wrath but for or to obtain salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ that implies a reason for this snatching away that Josiah was talking about that there's a purpose. There's there is a reason for the timing. It's not arbitrary, if you will, but that we've not been destined for wrath. Therefore, we have to be snatched up, caught away, and removed. So, removed. Yeah, and uh, it, to me, that 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 verse in uh, in in nine. pulls into 10 with life death comes if you stay, death comes if you're here and the wrath somebody's wrath is about to be poured out and we're not destined for that, therefore there needs to be a snatching away because as verse 10 says um, uh, that we might live Mm-hmm. and I, I go back to what the sages say that you know what 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 takes precedent when when should we violate the torah life life trumps everything because we're supposed to live by the torah mm-hmm. I mean, just, that's that's what hits home hits home for me
1: good the uh, I, I want us to think about the that that verse that that joe just took us to um in 9, uh, not as much spiritual as it is physical, not the, not the spiritual salvation, but a physical salvation, or you might think of it as deliverance. We're not destined for wrath, but to be delivered from that wrath. We just got, got through talking about, or Paul introduced this, uh, uh, the day of the Lord in verse 2. That's on the heels of what, what he was just talking about in the verses we went through in the prior chapter just after that. Or just before that, I should say. We talked about uh, the Lord descending, the dead rising, those who are alive and remain getting caught up. And then he flows right into that to the day of the Lord and discussion of what's going to happen. Destruction coming upon those who remain, essentially. So, the, uh, the, the concepts here in, uh, in 5 uh, that we read through in 1-11 through 11 are really an expansion or a continuation of what he was just talking about in chapter 4, it didn't stop with Yeshua comes, the dead rise, those who are alive and remain get caught up. Then he kind of loops back and says, Let's talk about this day of the Lord thing for a little bit. Because here's what's going to happen it's not going to overtake you. What isn't going to overtake you? The day of the Lord isn't going to overtake you. You're, you're, going, to, you're going to realize. There are others who are not going to realize and it's going to overtake them like a thief. Mm-hmm. And there's going to come sudden destruction as a result. And then he flips back with the, but you're not destined for that. And that's where the physical, you're not destined for this physical wrath, but for a physical deliverance.
0: Agreed. And in verse 10, he kind of sews it together with whether we're al- awake or asleep we might live with him which ties it right back to what we read in chapter four right because those are the two groups that he grabs right <laughs> those who are already asleep first and then we who are alive um that we might live with him and and that seems to be you know this is zoe the, right this is this is life itself mm-hmm. that we might uh, continue implying that those who stay don't get the life. So um, verse 11 closes this uh, passage uh, with the same bookends you talked about before. Yes. Encourage one another. Mm -hmm. It's the same thing as before, Mm -hmm. right? You're grieving on the front end. Encourage one another. And then he goes into this thing, and uh, we, we don't even need to write to you. But encourage one another with these words, and it's the same thing as parakleō. It's that same Holy Spirit comfort kind of deal at the end of this one as well. So it's, it's
1: beautiful. Good. All right, we've got just a few minutes left, and we've got another uh, uh, another passage to hit in Second uh, Thessalonians, chapter one, one through twelve. And we get more uh, we get more sequencing here. We get more. Um, uh, Glimpses of what's happening uh, in the in the study guide. There were four items that uh, that were listed, where you were instructed to uh, to sequence those chronologically. How how do we have what? Uh, so we've got punishment, revelation, relief, and vengeance. What's the first? out of Those four things. What's the first one that happens, given what all? Lists, uh, described here in Second Thessalonians one, one through twelve.
4: Relief. Then vengeance, then the punishment on those
3: Yeah. And then revelation.
1: Everybody have the same sequence?
3: I've got relief and then revelation and then vengeance and punishment.
2: How would think of revelation come first? Something has to be revealed to you for you to be protected or to be aware. Anybody else? I
1: had the revelation first as well.
3: Good.
1: The 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 revealing, the the uh, the sound of the trumpet, the hearkening, the announcing of the coming of uh, of Yeshua, and then second.
0: That was by the way, verse seven, which we'll uses the word. Revealed. Apocalypse. So you could say that the, is, uh, where we get the
3: apocalypse, the revelation uh, to John. Mm-hmm. You could say that they come at the same time because it says, to give you who are troubled rest or relief when the Lord Yeshua is revealed. So we're both right. <laughs> <laughs> I'd, cool.
1: I'd argue with Alex. So the, the revealing would have to come before the the uh, relief. relief could take place right mm-hmm. yeah because
2: you have to be aware
1: the the, the revealing triggers mm-hmm. what the, the events that happen next mm-hmm. right so revelations first what's the second thing relief who said relief me yeah that, that's what I had As well, uh huh, because the 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 next thing that happens is the catching up, right? And then the third thing. Wrath, vengeance. We've got we've got vengeance and punishment left. Okay, in that order. (laughs) (laughs) Good. Yeah, that's the that's the way I had it as
3: well. Actually, those are two different things. I'm sorry? Interesting that those are two different things, and I think that that's uh, something that sometimes gets lost in a lot of end times discussions, or e- or even g- generically about um, the world to come and so forth. Everything I think uh, there's, a, there's a heavy emphasis on on hell, so to speak, um, as his punishment, and that that is a destination for the wicked. Mm-hmm. But there's um, God specifically intends to first mete out judgment physically on his enemies and on the enemies of the people of God so that vengeance component is there and and it's really there as taking vengeance on behalf of his people Mm -hmm. I mean you've got the the Isaiah language you know who's this one coming up from Edom with his garments garments in red you know and and then there's this 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 picture of of a kind of you read through Joel and Zechariah it's like they the wicked have come to threaten his people and God comes in um, Kick butt, and not just, not just, right, and not just to save them, but to, but to punish them. In fact, in Ezekiel, we get that imagery almost that he's dragging out uh, Gog, intentionally luring him into a fight because he deserves to be punished. And we'll see or later on in Revelation where you know, the
0: souls under the altar are crying out, "When are you going to, you know, do something about
3: this?" And We've you been see, killed. And you see that. Um, in the destruction of Babylon also in the same book that there's there is that same language used that like she killed all of your righteous people and now she has been judged yeah. so it is definitely i think vengeance is such a great word for that because it's not um, it's not justice just justice it is justice but it's but it's more than that there is a there's a cathartic element to this god is god is the uh, aggrieved father so to speak who's coming to avenge the the, the the suffering that's been done to his children
4: mm-hmm.
0: okay. the, the fact that punishment is part of the vengeance is borne out by the Greek mm-hmm. DK is the punishment uh, and the vengeance is, is Dk sis right you know so it's 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 this punishment on steroids
3: there's a reason for it, you know. That kind of thing. That's what I they call it the second death, right? Yeah. Let's <laughs> <laughs> so not confused people.
1: All right, I want to make sure that we hit Second uh, Th- Thessalonians two one through twelve before we break, because there's re- some really critical um, timing elements uh, that we pick up that we pick up here. Um, what's the first thing that you saw in 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 uh, one through twelve? That gives us some sequencing, some timing around something that we've already talked about tonight.
4: A rebellion?
1: And I'm, I'm, I'm directing you in toward verse 3.
4: Yeah, is it the rebellion that comes first? Because it says, For the day. For that day will not come unless the rebellion comes first, and the man of lawlessness is revealed, the son of destruction who opposes and exalts himself against every so-called god or object of worship.
1: Mm-hmm. That's an interesting word that you've that you've got in there, Josiah. Being a rebellion. What what's everybody else have? Falling away. Falling away.
2: Mm-hmm. Is this chapter one, Second Thessalonians chapter one? Two. two. Chapter two. Oh, that's <laughs> right.
1: Thessalonians two verse three. two. Okay. Two three. Verse three.
0: It's apostasy.
1: Right. So three says, "Let no one in any way deceive you, for it will not come." Which in my version is italicized, meaning it's not really there, but it's 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 been added in order to give some context as to what the author was speaking about. So when it says, "It will not come," what is it that will? What is it that will not come?
2: Verse one, yeah, concerning the, the return of the Lord the Jesus Christ, yeah. yeah. And are being and gathered, gathered together
1: today. and and more specifically right before it at the end of verse two the
3: day of the,
1: the, the day of the Lord yeah, right, would, I, which I, all wraps up the same thing, thing right, yeah, right. but it, if we if we look at those together the day of the Lord will not come unless the apostasy comes first the falling away comes first and the man of lawlessness is revealed and this man of lawlessness is the one that we know as
2: well, the antichrist.
1: The anti-Torah antichrist. man, right? Antimish, yeah. Mr.
3: Yeah. ATM. <laughs> <laughs> the man
0: of the Well, lawlessness is anomia. It's not or no law. No law. That's
1: it. And uh, uh, in verse 4 we see what he does and who just give me a, a real brief uh one phrase of what in verse four what what's he doing
4: declaring himself god
1: declaring himself to be God
4: mm-hmm.
1: now go ahead. yes Joshua
4: uh just a quick, clarif- quick clarification question is there a difference between the anti Torah man and Hans-Han? or is he are they one and the same
1: no they're different Okay. okay's see, see her hmm and the anti man is one who has come uh, and setting himself up serving hal but setting himself up as if God now it's interesting from a calendar perspective what, what does verse 4 remind you of given where we are on the calendar right now
0: Antiochus Epiphanes
1: yes yeah it's the same. The same thing.
0: It's the same. Same language in Maccabees describes what Antiochus did. He set himself up to be God. He put his a bust of himself in the in the in the holy Spirit. right. So
1: Desecrated he, the temple.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Declaring himself to be God. Uh huh. Nero was another example. Exactly mm-hmm. Sure. Uh huh.
1: But that was kind of cool. We're here, at,
2: yeah. you know, at and this point in time
1: Plus. on the calendar. Yeah, and, and with a description of, of exactly that same thing. Um, then in verse, uh, uh, in six and seven, we're told that something's holding all of this back right now because it's not time for these things yet to happen. But, uh, he who now restrains in verse seven is going to continue to do so. Until he's taken out of the way, and when he's taken out of the way, that's when, that's when it all starts to break loose.
2: You have any inclination with that mean Who he is?
1: Um, there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of discussion around that, um, and again, I don't want to jump too far ahead. I think we've had. Um, Maybe when we were in Daniel, an indication of who that might be and the act that takes place of, um, as it's referenced here, taken out of the way. Mm-hmm. I think there was a reference in, in Daniel to uh, uh, an archangel right. who stands down at that point uh, that we might see as parallel to what's being described here. Just
4: you, you said that the law that only he who now restrains it will do so until he is out of the way. You said would it break apart, or what did you say?
1: So when when he's taken out of the way, then things will start to these destructive events will start to happen.
4: Well, I was thinking
3: unfold would be a better.
4: Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. Sure.
3: And you really get the Daniel references here. I mean, this guy exalting himself as God, uh, boasting. Um, you really get that same imagery to what you get from the little horn mm-hmm. in the book of Daniel. Right, um, right. Even, even to the um, power, signs, and lying wonders, uh, the whole, that whole imagery of this sort of almost quasi supernatural character that seems to appear. Um, he definitely seems to uh, to be um, successful, I guess, in some, in, to a certain degree. To your compare comparing to Antiochus, we didn't read this section in Daniel, but later on in Daniel we get that full prophecy of who yeah, Antiochus cool. is, um, and you definitely get some of the exact same imagery here. Mm-hmm. To um, and even you know, thinking about it, it says exalting himself, but all that is worshipped. Um, Kind of, and and the fact that he's a man of lawlessness reminds me of changing the times, the seasons, changing the law. Right, right, is, right. you know so this this uh, Daniel really heavily informs this character, um, which is interesting because up until now I don't think that the other prophetic pastors we've read have really touched on this character so much. Daniel kind of has almost like a an outlier in some ways in the Tanakh as in referencing this this particular person. Yeah. Who becomes very important in the in Paul's teaching here, and then also again in Revelation. Not
0: only that, but I think the Master actually references Daniel. Mm-hmm. Yes, uh, he does. Right in Matthew twenty-four, in, in that uh, great passage, we'll see that in a couple of weeks, where you know let the reader of Daniel, you know, understand. That, be informed. Know, mm-hmm. But yeah, a lot of Daniel overtones. Mm-hmm.
1: The um, uh, there in seven, he who now restrains will do so until he's taken out of the way that the lawless one will be revealed. So the act of this, the restrainer stopping his restraining is what allows the lawless one to be revealed and for him to start the things that we, uh, uh, that we had read about or referenced, uh, referenced earlier. Well, Scott, I think it's
0: important to, to see the parallel here in the Greek is that you know, we, just, we just went through all the revealing of the holy One, blessed is he. Uh, as he comes and this is the same word, you know, this is apocalypto. This is the apocalypse This is the appearance. This is the revealing of the other guy after the fact mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. We, We've got two Revealings happening, you know, yeah uh, two uncoverings if you will Yeah, that's good. Um, I don't I, I do think it's important to recognize that the Lord Jesus will kill with the breath of his mouth And bring to nothing by the appearance of his coming. So, from a sequencing Mm -hmm. perspective, we were talking about the wrath a minute ago, and we're wondering what wrath we're to be saved from. Well, here we've got a, a sequence that indicates that this bad guy is revealed, and now our Lord is revealed so that he can bring this first guy to nothing, it it seems to give me uh, a perspective that I wouldn't otherwise have. That the 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 evil one is first, mm-hmm. and then my master pulls me out, pulls me out of that, mm-hmm. you know, and finishes the job and then job. It goes about, yeah, right. mm-hmm. yeah. so. Um, Tremendous
2: tremendous teaching from Paul, really.
1: Alex, did you have a comment?
2: Yes. um, Concerning he that is taken away, we know that Satan is the accuser, and he stands in the throne room accusing the brethren. We know Yeshua stands in intercessor for that. In Revelations, we read that there was a war in heaven, and the dragon fought the Holy One, and he could not prevail. And he took a third of the angels with him, and there was now no more room found for him in the throne room. There was no place left, and he was cast down. We also read in Revelations that this dragon was once was cast down, went after the woman could not prevail, went after her offspring, and he was full of wrath because he knew he had a short time left. And it says, Woe to the inhabitants of the earth for that time. I present to you that he who is taken out of the way is Satan. Once he is removed from heaven... He no more is preoccupied with condemning us. He is now in an actual war with the offspring. And it says there was a silence in heaven also. Well, mm-hmm. Why would there be silence in heaven if there's no more accusing, accusations going on? Now it's full-out war. There's no more dialogue. He's been cast out. He is now in battle on the earth. And there's no more intercession in heaven. It's now just a free fall. So I have... Studied that, and that was my conclusion mm-hmm. that he was taking away his Satan himself. And the one that is an in intercession, of course, who restrains is Yeshua, who stands between them. But anyway, that's just extra.
0: When we get to Revelation, yep. we can look at that. I, I, yeah. um, he who now restrains, that's to hold down or to detain, to retain. To retain. Yeah. I, I this is a future event. as yeah. it happened. This is now restraints. Only he who now restraints will do so okay. until he is out of the way.
2: Yeah.
3: Although that passage in um, Revelation is also very much disputed as to timing. Mm. Well, I just don't know what it is that
0: Satan or Hasatan is restraining or holding back.
1: Mm.
0: Yeah.
1: Well, we'll, be in, we'll end up in Revelation soon, so we'll get to look at that uh, at that point. All right, any other comments? Uh,
4: Just I have a question. Where else in the entire Bible does is there a worldwide event that ends practically all life except those who are saved or warned by God? the flood, mm-hmm. the gold, the mm-hmm. luge, mm-hmm. and I'm thinking that the flood is just another one of those forewarnings of the revelation and the coming of Messiah. Have you been reading ahead in Matthew? No, I
1: haven't. <laughs> <laughs> I, think you'll, uh, I think you'll get to see some uh, parallels that Yeshua draws to that same event. To the events that we're talking about here tonight.
4: Did you read ahead?
1: I've read ahead at some point.
2: Yeah. (laughs) He's a dad. Of course he's
1: he's read ahead.
3: All right. Joshua, you close us out tonight. Sure. Okay. Holy Father, we just thank you for a chance to study your word and to think about um, your plan for us at the end. We pray that you would help us to. Not only to be prepared in an intellectual sense, but more importantly, to be prepared spiritually—to—to to be seeking your coming, to be looking forward to it, and to be living like that—that that when uh, you do make your appearance, um, not only would be a, a, would be aware, but would be excited and, and, and happy to see uh, what we have longed for. Pray mm-hmm. These things in Jesus' name, Amen. Amen.
1: Mm-hmm. Keep in mind that um, that what we're what we're wanting to accomplish week by week by week by week is not necessarily drawing any conclusions, but simply adding points to our timeline. Um, Timing events, timing markers, and people groups. What's happening to whom, when. the, The more you can fill in on the timeline as we continue to walk through these Scriptures week by week, the better picture we'll have at the end and hopefully be able to draw some of those conclusions. Amen. Sequence. That is the key. Yep.